to have this conversation uh and uh, i was talking to kevin here from from prop base and we were discussing you know we should do another one of these amas about our rwas and uh, i saw something in the news uh recently about uh the u.s court um something to do with uh, considering real world assets as private property and i thought you know this is a good time for us to revisit it's been a while since we've had this conversation i'm sure from a regulatory perspective there have been a lot of different updates and so wanted to get you all here that are actually building in this space and you know shed some light in terms of what you're seeing whether it be from a regulatory perspective even though we're none of us here are lawyers but as a builder, I imagine you have to keep all of these things in mind. And so why don't we start off just going around and doing a quick introduction so people understand why you are on this panel. And uh, I'll kick us off. Uh, my name is Mikhail. I help to connect and secure Web3. I do that through my work at Certic, which is one of the leading Web3 security auditing firms. And also I have an amazing exclusive community of founders builders, uh, ecosystem heads, and VCs that are essentially pioneering Web3, and that is Network Spotlight. So that's a little bit about myself. Uh, Kevin, why don't you give us a quick introduction about PropBase? Yeah, great. Happy to be here. Um, you know, I love these these AMAs, especially it's nice being on with, with Olog. We've done quite a few together as well, and, and yourself. So yeah, I'm Kevin, um, the CEO of PropBase. Uh, PropBase is a real estate tokenization platform. It's an investment marketplace. Um, offering fractional ownership. So users can come on the platform, they can invest as little as $100, they can have the same benefits uh, that you would have from really owning the entire asset, which is rental yield and asset appreciation. And if the user so chooses, they can sell the underlying tokens representing the, the asset value uh, in ownership to another prop-based user. Um, the type of assets that we we focus on are are quite unique. So we're not geared so much to to residential. We we focus a large uh, a lot on commercial assets. So in in our case specifically, I'm I'm located in Thailand. Most of our team is in Southeast Asia, um, and we we focus on the hospitality industry. So namely hotels and resorts. Um, the benefit from from working in this type of asset class is. You have reputable third-party property management. So in our case, we have partnerships with Wyndham, Hilton, Pullman, uh, Ramada. Um, so kind of globally renowned uh, international brands. And so that's our real value proposition is we're bringing you know, global brands, kind of bridging the gap between Web 2 and Web 3 and bringing them into blockchain and and tokenization uh, in a utility-based format. So 
So yeah, that's kind of the, the summary uh, about us, but uh, we're, we're, we, our, our backgrounds are almost entirely prop tech. Uh, we've been building property marketplaces for the last 10 years. Our leadership team has successful exits and um, yeah, we're excited about the space. You know, the, it's, it, as you kind of noticed, Mikael, it, it, it's constantly evolving. So it's really nice being in in an area that is one gaining much larger attraction um so uh and 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 you know it's nice talking with with other founders oleg and and a few other guys and 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 to really learn about how each you know region is approaching tokenization different types of asset classes uh and so i think you know we're we're kind of at, at the beginning of of a very interesting space and for me i see you know, tokenization as being the the alternative for traditional real estate investment. I think it's the future going forward. And I personally couldn't be more bullish on the sector. So thank you. Absolutely. And uh, it's interesting what's happening in, in Asia um, when it comes to real world assets, because you've got the crypto adoption, you've got the, the real estate boom. So there's a lot happening there. And it's almost like a nice little storm brewing in the area. So I feel like strategically you're, you're in a very good position for that. So really excited to see where, how that impacts uh, our prop base. All right. Yeah. Uh, n- n- next, next up, I'd like to introduce uh, Andromeda Protocol, which is a decentralized operating system. And they're also got their hands on RWAs. How you doing, Andromeda? Doing good, Kill. Uh, Matt Hawkins here, one of the uh, co-founders of Andromeda. Um, my background, where this all came from, uh, from me, is, is unusual. Much like Mikhail's always good about talking about in this space, is that we all, many of us, come from different backgrounds. Um, I've yet to meet anyone who's been in this uh, space since 2016. Uh, I've, I've yet to meet anyone that uh, uh, that has my kind of background. Um, I was uh, forming digital assets and uh, claiming ownership uh, based on what has become known as uh, the 721 standard, you know, unique, uh, non-fungible assets uh, back in the 80s. Uh, I'm a fighter pilot by trade, uh, and we were doing uh, digital asset formation and transference and uh, use for targeting information with missiles and bombs uh, back in the 80s. And I watched that entire industry uh, mature throughout my career, which was a 28-year uh, military career. I was in the first F-18 squadron, so we were the first ones to really do it in the Navy and the Marine Corps, uh, using multiple different uh, technology stacks to quantify and create a digital image of different things, whether they were airplanes or uh, targets on the ground. That grew into a uh, commercial real estate uh, background uh, after I uh, transitioned to the private sector. Started a couple of companies. The uh, most recent uh, applicable RWA uh, was a commercial real estate uh, company and didn't have the technology yet to do it. Uh, this was back in you know, 28. Uh, 2010 through 1617, uh, I had AIT, AO, I'm sorry, IoT and AI. So we were building uh, mesh networks and uh, semi operating systems in each building. Um, and then uh, met my partner, 
uh, Cody Marks Bailey, who uh, really taught me the most about blockchain early in 2016. So I left commercial real estate behind, dove headlong down the rabbit hole and uh, got into RWAs early. He and I started a company for a uh, private equity firm uh, back in 2017. Uh, they were trying to uh, tokenize uh, Michelangelo bronze original sculptures, and we were fractionalizing those. Uh, Goldman Sachs and uh, Lines of London were involved for the insurance piece. I mean, there was all kinds of interesting stuff there. But ERC-721, Ethereum wasn't smart enough to do what we were trying to do. So Cody got mad and went and wandered the desert for 40 days and 40 nights uh, looking for better technology, discovered the uh, the Cosmos ecosystem. I went back to commercial real estate and was a uh, family office uh, chief of staff for a while where we were digitizing his real estate portfolio, which was a $9 billion real estate portfolio uh, here in the United States uh, and future revenue streams coming off that, uh, that uh, real estate. Uh, we worked on that for, uh, for a few years. Cody said, I figured out the technology. My uh, patron of the family office said, uh, Matt, you need to be running something, not working for me. Go start that thing and I'll put my asset on top of you. So that's how uh, Andromeda started. Cody found the tech. Uh, I brought the business expertise. And uh, we've done several real-world asset uh, projects as as demonstrators. Uh, we may have one of our, uh, our project leads uh, on the call here. I haven't seen in the Twitter feed. But I come at it from an aspect of using different technologies to quantify what, what you want to do from a business aspect. You know, do you want to target and blow it up in an airplane or do you want to uh, resell it or uh, get yield off of the, uh, off the asset and, uh, and tokenize that yield? So I'm glad to be here. This is fun. Thank you very much, Mikhail. Matt Hawkins. Thanks so much, Matt. It's always amazing to, to hear you. I feel like every time I, I share the stage with you, I learn something new about your experience and uh, what brought you to where you are now. So really, really interesting stuff. Thanks so much for sharing. Next, I would like to introduce Anton, who usually hangs out at a coffee shop. <laughs> I feel like every time we've talked, he's been at a coffee shop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah, so hey everyone, my name is Anton and I'm a co-founder of Squareify. So everyone talking about background, so I need to share a little bit of too. I'm um, uh, 15 years of entrepreneurship. Um, as the modern term, it's called bootstrapping because every time I'm building everything with my own network and money. So different businesses from restaurants, and coffee shops to uh, communication providers. So I've got some projects like this and I've built systems like this. So I'm not only a businessman, but I'm also a developer, uh, not a developer, uh, Let's say I'm encoding. <laughs> so yeah, I'm building systems. And in the blockchain space, I'm started, I'm started from a web two project. So it was a project with uh, intellectual property. And they asked me to help them to switch to the blockchain because they want to fix that intellectual property in the blockchain. And that was my first engineering dive into the blockchain. And you know, it was not only engineering, but also a legal part because uh, when you do an entrepreneurship, you're always doing the legal stuff. So in this project, we connected legal and blockchain and started to publish intellectual property rights documents tokenized. So first time was in 2021 when we experienced with that. Uh, we did some pilot projects with uh, universities and 
Then we stopped this because we decided in the country that we started the project that blockchain is not highly adopted. So we started with that, but I, I started to you know explore different stuff. And uh, during this time, I met my co-founder, Dennis, uh, and we started Squareify with him. So uh, we started usually as a project, we said, hey, so we can tokenize the real estate and then sell it, to the, sell it as a shares to the different people. And uh, we did a couple of different stuff. I, I cannot say like Kevin, so they have in a portfolio, we have in a portfolio, huge companies, et cetera, et cetera, because we're just two guys who started the company with a small team bootstrapping and developing it. So right now, what we found, we're focusing on a, a development and building a white label infrastructure for those asset owners and asset originators who want to tokenize mainly it's real estate but we're looking for different markets private equity vcs etc etc so we're building a platform for them given the set of the documentation given the set of smart contracts if they want to and we help them to tokenize to you know create uh, a tokenized product in a days not a month or years so that's what we're mainly doing and also right now we're doing a lot of research in a Rabouillet space because maybe we'll discuss it today. As you can see, the RWA is a good narrative, but there is no you know, real value proposition for retail investors right now in the market. So that's the main research that we're doing. We're trying to find a liquidity for already sold RWA assets. So that's what we're doing. That's a quick window, and thank you. <laughs> Thanks, Anton. And perhaps maybe this would spark a debate whether or not there is a real you know, value proposition there on the, uh, the retail side. So thanks so much for, for sharing about your experience, and it's great to, to have you here. Uh, next, I would like to uh, invite Oleg to, to speak about uh, Binary X. Sure, sure. Thank you so much, Mikhail. And uh, I'm glad to see all of you guys. Thank you so much for uh, coming here on the Twitter space. I think it will be interesting, uh, interesting Twitter, Twitter space today because uh, I already know Kevin and I already know Andromeda. And nice to meet you, Anton. We are working on the same market. Probably you've heard about us and uh, I hear about your project and uh, you're doing amazing things and thank you so much that you're also developing that area and uh, i think uh, like the future is about rwa so uh, that's little few words about intro uh, hi guys my name is Ola and i am uh, ceo and co-founder of binaries and uh, we are providing an infrastructure for rwa and we all already have successful cases in two locations uh, like Montenegro and uh, uh, Bali, Indonesia. And soon we will launch the third, our, our third market, Kazakhstan. And uh, we all were already built the platform with the fully decentralized uh, algorithms and uh, what is operating with the smart contracts. And our platform is allowing people organize themselves into the legal entities like DAOs in the United States and uh, interact with real estate uh, 
players such as real estate developers, agencies, management companies, and etc., who provide the services for management of their property that is already tokenized. And uh, we as Binaryx, we mostly like Uber or Airbnb. We don't own any property that uh, are tokenized, and people own it uh, by themselves with uh, the legal entities, what is called the LLCs. And from our products, we already built uh, the marketplace and secondary market. And in a few weeks, we will launch in our new project like Off Plan for the properties on the construction stage. And in this year, we plan to uh, launch also Lending Protocol and RWA derivatives and probably tokenize it mortgage for the uh, users who want to use the blockchain and the crypto assets to buy uh, the property with the long-term loans. And um, we have about 8K uh, registered customers at the moment and a few contracts with with the big developers in Montenegro for tokenization uh, of the few hotels with value about $10 $10 million and it will be represented on the platform in a few months. So that's what we are doing. And uh, we believe that we can make the real assets, uh, real world assets more liquid. And uh, we already uh, successfully solving that problem with our solutions. Thank you. Amazing. Sounds like, like you've been uh, very busy building since the last time we've talked. Uh, and I would be curious to know, because I remember the, the previous discussions, there were some regulatory hurdles, and it sounds like uh, some of those you may have gotten some clarity and that allowed for you to uh, continue to innovate and, and develop uh, new features into your platform. So uh, that's exciting. Absolutely. Absolutely. We are hustling hardly. <laughs> that's great. Uh, next, I'd like to uh, invite uh, Ikaro to the stage. So Ikaro is a uh, special guest that I brought on. He is somebody that I um, connect with many times when it comes to uh, legal issues. So he's not here to provide any kind of uh, legal advice. But since this is such a new space and there's a lot of uh, regulatory um uh, news that come out pretty much on a daily basis. I wanted to have him here and, and share his perspective on what he's seeing and, uh, you know, just get a quick introduction from him. Hey, Caro, how are you? Hello, Mikhail. I'm good. Thank you. Thank you for the inviting. It's a pleasure, as always, to speak with you and with your audience. And for everyone that is here, thank you for your time to listen to us. My name is Icaro. I'm a lawyer. I am, I am providing legal counseling for crypto companies since 2017. Uh, so I already lived a few bear markets, a few bull markets. Let's say that compared to my traditional law career that I had before joining crypto, I have nowadays a way more interesting life. So I will be helped to support you. And I am very interested to hear you guys speaking because I am based in Dubai. And yesterday we had a, a meeting here in Bybit headquarters. And the subject of the meeting was exactly uh, real-world assets, tokenizations, and regulation. And it's interesting. I was as a listener in that meeting. Uh, I have my perspectives on this space. And 
from my point of view, we have real world assets that they had a lot. They have a lot of regulatory friction to be tokenized, and we have other regulatory, other real world assets that the regulatory friction is way lowest. And of course, the problem sits on the ones that we have regulatory friction, like for example, real estate. So, I hope to hear from you guys updates and new ideas to actually improve the liquidity in these kind of assets to bring blockchain to this part of the economy. And of course, if I can support you with any legal, you can make contact with me because as Mikhail said, and the disclosing, I cannot give here uh, legal advice. So I am waiting to learn more with you guys. Thanks, Ricardo. Uh, it's it's great. Always great to share the stage with you. And on that note, let's let's this um, this conversation to to everybody here. And just thirty thousand foot overview. What are, what are some of the things that you've learned over the course of the last year that you feel like has uh, created a breakthrough for you? And you know what what you're building. You know, I'm looking at the current news, as I mentioned to you, about RWAs being considered a uh, personal property. I'm not sure how big of a deal that is for you as somebody that is building or on the legal side, but I'm curious to, to understand if there's something that you've learned over the course of the last year that has uh, really shifted the way that you are building out your platform. I'll, uh, I'll start from an operating system standpoint at, at Andromeda. Uh, the shift in regulatory uh, environment hasn't really affected our building. Uh, the intent of uh, Andromeda uh, is really to give the tools to builders to uh, to take what they want to do or what their circumstances are and give them the tools to do that uh, much easier uh, and better and faster than ever before in the Web3 space. Uh, I will say uh, from a as recent as a phone call yesterday with a very large family office in New York City that the interest in this RWA uh, concept has grown to the point where family offices are reaching out to me and asking, is there anybody out there that wants to figure this out and automate it so that it doesn't take months or, uh, or weeks? to uh, tokenize a real-world asset and turn in something um, like Wix and a website where you can do it very quickly and you have the legal problems solved. They're in a can. It's more like a click and drag. You select uh, what legal or what kind of uh, purpose you have for tokenizing that asset, whether it's just straight ownership. Like the Chris, uh, Chris Dixon book uh, just recently came out, Read, Write, Owned. Uh, you know, the ability to transition from you know a simple ownership all the way to very sophisticated securities type ownership. Uh, this family office uh, is interested in anyone that would like to uh, to work with Andromeda to figure that out. Uh, and th there's plenty of money behind it. So I, I like to think that it's not about the money. It's all about the money. So uh, what I'm seeing uh, based on my, uh, my entrepreneurial experience since 2008 is that when money like that talks to you, that the, uh, the environment has changed from just a good idea uh, what I call good idea fairies, to uh, now the money is interested and they want some solutions. So I'm interested to talk to everybody on the call here that uh, is in this space because uh, I am headlong in trying to automate that in what uh, Andromeda is calling the Web3 Enterprise Alliance, where we show uh, this kind of money and these kind of institutional uh, 
leaders how this space can benefit them that the Web2 space cannot. Perfect. Thanks so much, Mant. Um, it's uh, really exciting to see how, you know, automation is going to play into all these different various verticals, including the, the RWA uh, side of things as well. So uh, anybody else have anything else to add? Um, yeah, I mean, of course, I can I can chime in a, a bit. I mean, it kind of comes to, I guess, it, it, from from my take, w the way the way we look at it is is blockchain is the underlying uh, infrastructure that allows for the transferability of tokens to be more efficient and 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 that reflected in representing the a, a real asset such as a, a real estate asset. Um, the benefits are there, right? So when you talk to family offices, like you mentioned in the United States, um, pretty much everyone's looking at this just because it's, it's a more efficient way to transfer ownership between party A to party B. Um, having said that, uh, real, really, I mean, you know, when you, when you look at, uh, uh, let's say, example, the securitization of, of, real estate assets uh this could be reits this could be you know a, a, other other portfolios of, of of assets or or even the underlying equities of companies um it, the, the legal and regulatory framework has has been established for a significant period of time um so so really the the underlying you know asset in, in blockchain is really just another vehicle which you transfer um that ownership between those parties. Now, there's also having said that that is for the underlying ownership of that individual asset. So, in in prop basis case, we we have securitization vehicles here in Southeast Asia. We have one in Europe, more specifically in Luxembourg, um, because we look at um, you know our objective is to tokenize the underlying ownership. So um, these are represented in shares through a compartment within a, a, a securitization vehicle. And I think there's, but there's other ways you can tokenize the, for example, the economic rents. So I do see other platforms around the world tokenizing even for something such as yield associated with that asset, where it might not be the actual underlying ownership. So there's a lot of ways of going about it, but, but the, the fractionalization of a real estate asset is nothing new. So I, I, I do see you know, specifically in, in various countries around the world, there is, you know, regulatory framework, there's processes in place, there's application processes, um, you know, bringing in crypto and blockchain is new, that's actually quite, quite, you know, when you bring in crypto into it, that's a little bit different. Um, because then you have to go with, you know, you're not necessarily looking at MIFID 2, such as, you, you know, Europe, you're looking now at MICA and, and other regulatory frameworks. And so I think that, that that is, um, you know, where you begin to look at maybe some instability, right? So MICA, for example, is just becoming implemented in, in Europe. Um, you can see that's kind of going to trend throughout the world. But, but from, a, from a standpoint, you know, to, to fractionalize a real estate asset and, and to divide that in, into shares un, with an underlying entity, I think that's been established for, for quite some time. And, and I actually see, you know, for the future, it really will be even REITs, whether they're private or publicly traded. I, I think that eventually they will actually adapt to blockchain just simply because the underlying technology, you, you, you cut out middlemen, you reduce, 
you know, administrative backend office operations. You have kind of a, a uniform method of settlement. So if, if, if it's dispersed amongst multiple exchanges or multiple different regions, you have kind of a correlated data that can be realized on, on, uh, on a real-time basis, whether it be a minute or a day or something. So, so yeah, from, from our perspective, we just look at it, you know, blockchain is, is great uh, as a technology in which to transfer ownership. And um, that's kind of the, I guess, the new, new evolution. So that, that could be real estate, it could be equities, it could be bonds, T-bills, so on and so forth. It's really a deep reducing friction. You know, the, the history yeah. of technology since, you know, since there ever was technology, when anybody decided to call something technology is to reduce friction, make it easier, better, faster. That's the name of the game. Can I yeah, the word? Yeah, go. Yeah, yeah, go for it. Yeah. Uh, and f first, I would like to say to Ikara, Ikara, you, you, can you contact me, please? And uh, I can share with you my experience about uh, the legal, because current uh, spe current stage probably w will be without legal, because the on, on the last stage, we speak a lot about legal. And currently, there is, there is, there is most about uh, technical stuff, uh, will be most about technical stuff and other things, in my opinion, but we'll see. Uh, but sure, I have an ideas on. about the legal. Yeah, I have an ideas about legal in Dubai uh, because I'm following that area too much, and uh, this is one of the most uh, attractive areas for us. Uh, this for the beginning about legal side. Uh, but from the my opinion, what is uh, I'm absolutely agree with you guys that any technology was created. Uh, for the remove some frictions from like any source and any pain from the customers, from the users, from the people. But uh, we uh, should remember that always um, when internet just began, right? Uh, I remember myself, I am a guy from Ukraine and I live in small city uh, in the middle of Ukraine and uh, I'm, I'm I'm living with my parents uh, in house, but there was a problem when uh, we don't have enough infra infrastructure uh, to have an internet in our house. But almost everyone in the like in the big cities have that house and that that, that kind of luxury <laughs> on that moment. So, in my opinion, there is a problem always, not just the technology, but technology acceptance and building an infrastructure solutions that will bring the, to the people uh, more opportunities to use the technologies. And when we are talking about tokenization, there is no, not just like one point and one thing about um, uh, about that we create such technology and uh, that technology will be accepted by the people. People are lazy and we need to remember that. And uh, why tokenization doesn't happen like five years ago or six years ago when was uh, ICO boom in 2017? Uh, some people will say that uh, that's about regulation, right? Some people will say that's about other things. But if we will remember how how hard blockchain was in 2017 and in which area it's moving right now, we will see that 
players right now create an infrastructure for people to uh, remove the friction about what you're saying uh, from the stages when the people just onboarding on the tokenization. And why, in my opinion, it's the best time to make the tokenization right now? Because such standards like ERC-4337 uh, disappeared when oh, we have an account abstraction. The crypto uh, become like, I absolutely agree that Mika uh, and other regulations will bring more adoption in that area and will allow us to accept like credit cards and convert them to the to the USDT and the coins on the blockchain. But we will see the huge adoption when the most of the projects, uh, what is using the blockchain will understand that users are struggling, not, not from the, uh, like, uh, they're struggling from using blockchain. They're struggling from uh, the uh, things like, uh, remember the seed phrase and all that stuff. So, uh, we are working, for example, on the blockchain fully, and uh, we are operating on the blockchain. But in our job, we're trying to remove all that frictions from the users, and we're trying to remove all that uncomfortable things. And even when the users come into us and passing the KYC, and even if they connect with uh, their MetaMask wallet, we are refilling their account, for example, for $1 to make the transaction to the to make the next transaction to purchase the tokens with Matic because because we are working on Polygon. And uh, in my opinion, currently such technologies like account abstraction and all the stuff that will help the user without uh, any pain to use the crypto and don't uh, worry about paying the fees and all that kind of stuff uh, work with uh, the crypto assets will bring the like many many opportunities to the <clears throat> to the uh, rwa because uh, technology is created a long time ago and you know that and uh, in my opinion there is no high demand because of that stuff uh, for the people they don't understand why they need to struggle to use it if they can use any other uh, things and uh, how i see from the market side and probably probably you see uh, as a product creators and project creators you also see uh, there is not so high demand right on the our niche and our, on our topic some some players would like to tokenize the property some players would like to tokenize the equity but they would like to tokenize it to start making money on it and they're thinking that they when they tokenize the equity or a property they can sell it easily but it's not the right way and uh, it's not happened by that way and uh, i am understanding because i have a lot of requests from the market about that kind of things but uh, those people are not able to receive enough for profit from the tokenization when I start talking with them because there is no enough of demand from the from the another side. So the second thing and my second most important point and my idea, this is like create more education and uh, educate to people how to use the blockchain and explain to them why what is the benefits they will get if they will use the tokenized assets and for example for us it's the main thing that we are doing on our uh on our uh, like on our side and that's that can be uh, called sales and all this stuff but without 
uh, that we cannot create the demand and we cannot uh, bring a lot of opportunities to the big players who would like to tokenize their assets. Because just tokenization doesn't bring too much uh, value, right, for it. Uh, and all would like uh, all players would like to make money on it. And mostly, mostly, we need to remember that there is no high demand and enough uh, users who will buy their assets. Well said, Oleg. You you brought up something interesting. How the 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 onboarding seems to be more of a hurdle than the regulatory aspect. And uh, also a follow up question to you from an education standpoint. Personally, I think the best education is user experience, having a very uh, better UX. That that tends to create better applications. If you take something like Facebook when they first came on board, very first social media platform, right? That that really made a, a, an impact. Uh, there wasn't necessarily, um, at least n- not from what I remember, there weren't any blog posts about how to navigate Facebook it was very simple. You either like something or you comment on something. And now you have all these other features that they have added, of course, but that was over time as people uh, have grown acclimated. So uh, I guess my, my follow-up question is, is, it more, is education more from just a user experience standpoint, making it very simple? Or do we actually need to go out there and create content around the, the educational aspect. And I do realize that it's a little different here because we have a blockchain, which, you know, is, is an investment vehicle here as well, which you don't have with just using an application like Facebook. No, I'm agree with you. So this is uh, one of the most important points that I mentioned uh, in the beginning, that uh, there is a friction in the technology that uh, mostly of the uh, like and I have like following up question. Uh, I, I I mentioned about uh, account abstraction and those account abstraction right now solving a lot of problems and uh, we can use them and that's uh, removing like that's bringing most more usable user experience for users and uh, that's one of the, my point of views why organization right now come back to the topic and why people start talking about it, right? But there is a question, before the Facebook, there was enough of companies uh, who bring the social media, who make the social medias, but they was not successful as a Facebook. And uh, why they was not so successful as a Facebook? And this is one of the most uh, like uh, often questions that I'm asking myself, uh, because, uh, all of us building the projects and uh, uh, we would like uh, to have millions of customers or billions of customers around the world. And uh, why the Facebook uh, becomes such popular and why the other social media wasn't? I think it's just the, the simplification. It's, it's the same way the iPhone became more popular because it's, it's just a very simple... Um, functionality that that's my personal opinion but we'll have to hear some of some yeah, of others I, I mean i i, I think that's 100 percent true Oleg, we've talked about this a lot like consumers are always looking for an easier way to interact whether through you know an application on their phone they want something that can be done in five to 15 minutes um they're always looking for a new value proposition right but i also think that in terms of our our industry it's also 
getting demand, right? So, you know, bringing assets on chain through, you know, Oleg, if you, you know, tokenize uh, in in Montenegro, uh, 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 one of the most popular assets in, 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 in the country, there are going to be people who will fight through, you know, th- those technical problems because of the attractiveness of the asset of what you're tokenizing. And a lot of times the assets we're tokenizing were not made accessible to people. Example, you know, for, for us, Thailand, we're, we're tokenizing hotels, right? So people who originally thought they couldn't invest in Thailand, now they can. Um, it's a much lower barrier to entry. It's a much um, uh, less, less of a consideration, you could say. Um, but I think, yeah, I think it's, it's twofold. You have to have the good assets. Um, you have to also have, you know, a a value proposition, a sleek UI UX interface. Uh, I think people also don't want the risk of, especially if they're not web three, they don't want the risk of, you know, if, if you lost your, your keys, you, you lost all of your, your, your tokens representing the underlying asset. Right. So, and that's technically not applicable, right. Because we all have to be compliant. You know, and, and, you know, I think that, you know, you can have within, within RWA, you, you have the benefits of blockchain technology, which is the transferability, but you don't have the anonymity, right? So you don't have the essential associated risk, right? So we all have security measures in place that, you know, restrict, example, tokens being transferred off chain to other third parties that, you know, are not KYC or not AML or not uh, on, there's no on-chain analysis. But yeah, I think, in, I mean, in summary, it's bringing attractive assets on chain. I always use an example, if Elon Musk was the te- tokenized of Tesla factory, you know, um, you know, whatever platform that, you know, was, was offering that, that asset would go through the roof, right? So whether it was easy to use or I guess hard to use or had flaws. But yeah, at the end of the day, I mean, it's, it's, it's about kind of taking, taking away uh, the complexities of blockchain and, and streamlining that user experience. And, you know, it can be done ideally through a mobile interface, through, through a responsive platform. I think, sure, uh, Anton, sure. I'm agree with you. Hey, oh, like one second. I think uh, Anton okay. and, and, and man, they also wanted to chime in. Uh, Anton, I don't know if you uh, you had your hand up for for a moment there. Yeah, yeah. For that, the uh, you know, Kev partially, you know, he spoke that what what I wanted to tell. So I, I wanted to agree with Nolak uh, about this, but what I can well, there's a few uh, thoughts about this. First of all, about education. So uh, we see a lot of education stuff right now on the internet about the blockchain. So Binance Academy is number one source of facts for everybody who enter in this space, who want to learn more about the space, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, I participate in a lot of uh, Telegram uh, groups, et cetera, and some other different social networks where the, you know, blockchain founders, web founders and guys like this are, you know, communicate. And uh, I, I can remember what happened, but it was a situation when there is something happened. I think it was something related to sanctions. And part of these guys who claiming as a Web3 founders started to say, hey, I cannot, you know, get back my, my, my money from Biden. 
And then they started to say that we don't have any non-custodial wallets. We're keeping all of our money on Binance. And then I started to understand that they cannot understand what is a non-custodial, but they are Web3 founders. So even the guys who claiming that they are in a Web3, they cannot completely understand Web3. And what I understood about this, what I think about this actually, is that uh, education is very good. But with the current state of technology, when you actually to, to navigate in all of this stuff, you need to be deeply into the technology. You need to be a tech guy, actually. Uh, it's not going to be have an adoption will not going to happen. So uh, what I think one of the main gaps between real estate as a personal property and the actual retail customer, not only retail customers, but maybe a small customer who invested in, in this asset, is first of all, in adopt and adoption. Education is good, but adoption needs to start happening first. And yes, that's what we have, what we're talking about. The user interfaces, the easiest way to access all of this stuff, et cetera, et cetera. Even if we need to find a legal, um, what we can say, like wormholes, maybe different jurisdiction, et cetera, et cetera, to help with an adoption. For example, to accept fiat and then convert it to crypto easily for the customer. For example, to maybe to give them an access to the semi-custodial stuff when, you know, we, we can somehow, with account abstraction, actually do some kind of stuff where they don't need to keep the seed phrase, et cetera, et cetera, or lose it. So we need to think about all of this stuff for them to help them to use uh, all of the web tree stuff and they they regularly use in the web two stuff that's the first stuff and the second this is a mis-selling between us who understand what this tokenization is and the customers actually we're working a lot with the customers for the white label solution and doing the tokenization solutions for them and you know in the last year there is a couple of conversation with the potential customers when we come to the asset owners and say, hey, you wanted a tokenization. You find the right partner. And they said, yeah, we need a tokenization. We got a guy, let's say, in a Kazakhstan and his money stuck in, a, let's say, some sanctioned country. And he wants to buy officially a house in Spain. So if this tokenization can help with that, we're in the right place. So this is a mis-selling, a misunderstanding of what tokenization is in the market. So that's when I think we needed education first. For those who are trying to tokenize the asset, for those who are selling the assets to the market, and for the regular customer, I think the adoption is the way to go before we can talk about uh, personal property of real-world assets. Uh, thank you. <laughs> Thanks for chatting. Absolutely in agree. Absolutely uh, agree with you that we need to. to uh, I mean about uh, about education. I mean exactly that what you say, Anton, about uh, what tokenization is and what RWA is, because RWA and tokenization is not like just a crypto. Yeah, correct. Yeah, correct. So, Mikhail, I'm going to have to uh, unplug here in about three minutes. So. Uh, I agree with all that's been said here. Uh, uh, having watched uh, 
product market fit and adoption happened since the 80s. Uh, trying to explain what an F-18 can do to uh, a colonel or a general back when I was a young captain, uh, it was like talking to a wall because they had their own mindset. They had their own understanding of their technology when they were young. Uh, and it took 20 years to get uh, those young captains to grow up to be colonels and generals to be able to adopt that into actual use. So we've got a road ahead of us. Uh, but the keys to it, uh, a lot of it is the technology, the user interface, you know, the experience, how easy it is, of course, the regulation that goes along with it. Uh, so the more we as technologists can make it easier, better and faster, the easier it is for retail market, for business people, for society to digest this. Just like Steve Jobs standing up and pulling uh, a phone or an iPod out of his pocket. And making it very simple, saying a thousand songs in your pocket, or this one little device is going to be a phone, a calendar, you know, all the different things. We as technologists have got to stop talking about all the beeps and squeaks that go into it. And we've got to make it very simple for people to understand, or we'll be talking to ourselves forever. You know, the key to technology adoption is to make it easy to understand for someone who's busy doing their own life, whether it's business or, you know, cooking dinner. It's got to be easy better and faster for everyone. And with that, I'm going to unplug and uh, and say thank you all. I'd love to connect with the, all of you because there's a lot going on in this space, at least for the Andromeda world. And, and it sounds like it is for you as well. Good luck to you all. And uh, thanks for the time. Does everyone follow Andromeda Protocol? They've got a lot of uh, news coming out right now. They've got some uh, a big announcement for uh, tomorrow as well. Uh, so definitely check out their their profile, give them a follow and give everybody, all the all the other panelists here a follow as well. Go ahead, Oleg. Oleg, can you hear me? Yeah, 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 I, I hear. Yeah, yeah you, you had your hand up, so I was just, I was calling on you. Yeah, that's, that's great that we talk about, you know, like one of the main problems right now in the market and with RWA and and in my opinion, it's really important. And there is like a second uh, thing that I would like to ask the other founders, because uh, like all the startups struggling from the demand side and lack of the demand side. So how you guys uh, make with the struggling? <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I think that you brought up a good point, right? So I, I, I look at, I look at uh, building an investment marketplace as really having four areas, right? And two of those areas are relatively easy to be solved. So area number one is acquisition. Can you acquire good assets to bring on chain? Area two, obviously your legal frameworks, right? Which is solvable. Uh, area number three, your technical stacks, which, you know, Olug, since we spoke, you've, you've developed a lot more. I know that Prop base, you know, we're 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 developing, you know, at, at at record pace as well. So these are solvable problems. It's just man hours, thought process. We have to dig into the details to make the UI UX um, uh, streamlined. And then the fourth area really is distribution, right? So um, the key, I think, for uh, and ultimately distribution, then not only on the primary asset tokenization, bringing it on chain, but actually then for the secondary market liquidity. Because when you can bring uh, first, when you can acquire a good asset that people are are attracted to and want to invest in, and and basically has the offering 
with a relatable, with with a relatable or or reliable, you know, metric such as is the yield going to be there in terms of real estate, you know, and it, it, is it audited and is it is it is it applicable? Like is is the entity is the underlying investor going to get the yield that that is solicited? Um, the second one is then can the investor get back out? So I think you know from a technical and from a from a from a legal framework, these are solvable problems. And then the the areas that are hard for scaling, um, and I just know this from my marketplace background, right? Because whether it be um, building platforms like Zillow, right? You had to get, you know, uh, you had to first build the technical stack, and you had to build, you know, you had to get users on board, and and then you needed to get more inventory, and then you needed to make it work, right? Um, but those are the those are the areas. So I think, you know. Can you acquire good assets and can you distribute those assets and can you get the individual investor out at, at realistically a time and, and price of their choosing? And I think that if 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 you can achieve those those the the acquisition and then the distribution, you have essentially the the model for a, for for a happy customer and and a user that was able to use your platform and would recommend their your platform to 10 other of their friends because they've had a, 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 an attractive experience. So I think when we look at um, secondary market, I look at the biggest hurdle is, is bringing assets on chain is, is a little bit easier than actually the secondary market development. And I know that Oleg and I, we, we, we've talked about this. What is you know secondary market? We're currently building our secondary marketplace. And um, but that's that's really it. I mean, and I think where a lot of platforms really uh, in the world right now, whether they be in the United States or in Europe, it is that secondary market liquidity. And so, um, you know, each platform has their own way to do it. Um, um, but, you know, creating that that uh, essentially a flywheel where a user can come into your platform, they can get out at a time and price. Uh, and, and that's the liquidity. Right. So. Uh, once that becomes a habit, and once you begin scaling that, then it's just a matter of adding more users, adding more liquidity, adding more attractive assets onto that platform, and 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 I think that's really the the magic for scaling uh, an investment marketplace or or a RWA platform out there. The other route is then to be just solely an infrastructure partner, right? Your white labeling. All that kind of stuff. PropBase isn't really that. I mean, we 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 are building a white label, but it's not our primary business. It's just simply to facilitate our real estate developers because they want their own solution. But for us, our core focus is always how can an investor come in? How can they be happy with the asset they bought? How can they they get what was promised to them at the time of the offering? And then how can they get out of that asset? Uh, at a time and price of their choosing, and I think that's the key fundamentals of the business. And and if those you know two aspects, such as acquiring great assets and distributing those underlying tokens to 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 participants, I think if if those can be solved, then the technical and the legal frameworks uh, go hand in hand. Amazing. Well, this was a very insightful one hour conversation. I think that this conversation can keep going. Uh, actually, I, I see uh, Ikado has his hand up. Uh, go ahead, Ikado. Let's. Let's hear your thoughts on this. Yeah, just a, a little one, as we already have one hour conversation, is that this point that you mentioned, for example, of developing white labels, because the real estate developers, they want their they own platform. 
Uh, I saw it in Brazil. I'm from Brazil. I saw it happen in Brazil, not only on real estate, but in other uh, real world assets tokenization that are going on there. And something similar is happening in the UAE, where the big players that they want to tokenize their assets, they want their own platform. And on my view, this correct. is yeah, one complicated point to liquidity. Because we know that, for example, we need to make the user life easier. If the user has a few platforms on the world where the user could access all the real estate tokenized, it will be way easier for everyone. But imagine that you want to buy your token of a real estate. Then you want to join a platform uh, from a developer in the United States. And then you heard that you had good projects in Italy. Then you need to join another platform. And then you heard a good uh, development going on in Singapore. Then you then go and need to join another platform. Okay, we know that using Web3 ID, it's easy. But we are native Web3 users. The guys from Web2, they think, oh, I need to create another account. Oh, oh I need to give access from my Google account to my Google account to another platform and et cetera. I think that this point, the developers in the real estate, they are missing. They are uh, playing against the liquidity of their um, market. Yeah, but they, they I, I mean, I deal with that here, right? So um, they do want it because they're, they're uh, like in the UAE, uh, uh, X developer might be in competition with Y developer, right? So they don't want to share or be on the same platform per se um, because there's a conflict, right? Um, There's solutions to that though. Um, Because of blockchain, I mean, you can roll out the same token on multiple different platforms. You can have making sure uh, 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 there's solutions around that. But what I probably would say is you'd see the same what you saw in um, I, from my background is the, and I'm sure that you're familiar with, uh, you're, you're in the UAE, you're, you're from Brazil. So you have OLX, you have all these big platforms, you have property finder out there. What happened was, mm-hmm. you know, you had online class, online property classified platforms. You had online car classified platforms, um, job platforms, what they did is they just rolled up. So a lot of uh, entrepreneurs would create them. Then they would, they would exit that business to a larger acquisition player. They would do a tech stack rollout. Um, and they would, they would, they would try and streamline it to make it easier for, for one user to cross. But I think that they're through, through asset tokenization of specifically real estate, there is, you know, because the, it's an immovable property, it's located in geographical region. There's also regulatory differentiality between regions, right? And or country to country. So there is going to be some regional play. I don't think it, we're looking at a one player take all market, but I could see, you know, our like example prop base, our objective and our mission statement is to be the largest real estate investment marketplace in Southeast Asia, right? Plain and simple, five years, right? So so but we don't plan to tokenize assets in, you know, Brazil, for example, right? So so I think that there will be, you know, a streamline of, 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 you know, acquisitions and mergers coming up as the, as the industry is more established, but this will take maybe seven to 10 years. But right now it's very greenfield. And I think that 
you know, platforms build in their own way. They have their own approach to to the tokenization engine. They have their own approach to to secondary market liquidity, the value proposition, features within inside their platform. But yeah, I see the uh, I, I I do understand that the that smaller platforms, white label solutions can break up the liquidity, but there is a solution in order to to bring it back on. Let's say, call it the mother platform or or a cross platform or cross chain. All I got. No, go ahead, Anton. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I just wanted to add something together, folks. <laughs> okay. No. First of all, what I wanted to say, Carl, for you, uh, technically, it's possible right now because most of our platforms using ERC twenty compatible tokens. If we're talking about TRX or if we're talking about ERC forty, it's all of these tokens ERC twenty compatible. Uh, why am I saying this? All of these tokens in, in the blockchains that can readable through the blockchain, so everybody can you know, in one uh, in one minute you know establish a portal when you can gather all of these tokens from all of this world. But you cannot buy it, you know, from this platform. But maybe they can do some kind of stuff to adapt to address them to the white label platform. So it it, it should be happening in, in the next. I think four or five years, so somebody will create a platform like this, or maybe companies like Zillow or any other huge companies or the aggregators of real estate, they will add an ability to invest in a property because it's really easy to add actually technically. Um, you know, contact them to be with with those guys who own in, or with a real estate property asset uh, originator or a developer website, so they can sell them these shares. So I don't think that's a huge problem right now. But um, what, I, what I want to ask you, uh, as you mentioned, uh, real estate uh, developers in, uh, in Latin America, Brazil. Yeah, you talked about Brazil? Yes. Uh, yeah, so have you ever chance to talk with them why they want this white label platforms, why they want to recognize? And they are so looking do for you have white... any feedback from them? Sure, sure. Uh, they they searching for white label platforms because uh, they have, in my opinion, a misconception that this is a market in a market where the winners take all. So they all want to be the mm -hmm. first, and they don't want mm -hmm. to be the first in a competitor's platform. They want to have their own platform. Uh, for the ego as well, exactly. you know, for, so they can say, "Hey, I am the first." People in Brazil, in South America, <laughs> they like to say, "Hey, I am the first. And uh, I think and that is not, a big point. Keeping, yeah, and then I keep in mind that if you are first in the legal space and you created a unique set of documents, next day everybody will copy it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody will have it. So there is no leadership stuff. Yeah. But yeah, this is a, this is an answer. So they want to be first. This is a, again a misselling and misunderstanding mm -hmm. on what tokenization is from the real estate developer point of view. Company might get you right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what. I'm, yeah, that's it. So uh, I want to add a little bit. So about all of this platform, a white label platform, and again, what I what I uh, it wasn't in my intro. Uh, the first problem that we have right now is a secondary market and the lack of liquidity. A secondary market liquidity, because right now uh, we can sell the parts of the property. 
in to be honest for me it's not so easy to sell for everybody so it's not something that we can you know sell like a like cakes i don't know how to say it in english <laughs> like something that's easy to sell but it's even harder to sell it in the secondary market because you know there is a let's say let's let's be true that the real estate it's not so liquid as a let's say securities on different assets that you can buy an open market even with an open rates if we're comparing a real estate ownership with an open rate something that you can buy on a on a market uh it's hard to hard hard to sell a real estate object even if it's not fractionalized if it's fractionalized it's even harder to sell if it's tokenized and fractionalized i don't know to be honest we're saying to customer that we have a secondary market but right now our main focus is how to find this secondary market or even how to find the liquidity that's what i like saying if i got you correctly about the liquidity pool so absolutely this is the secondary market when guys can borrow the asset they can borrow from you so the fractionalized asset and borrow money for this asset using this as a collateral and i got you correctly so they can borrow an asset as a collateral they can borrow table coins let's say and using the tokenized assets as a collateral yeah so this, this is i absolutely agree with you and i think this is just about approach to the secondary market realization mm -hmm. in the uh, in the real estate niche because currently if we will see the other players who has more uh more like tvl uh tokenized volume uh on their platforms such as lofty and this is a great platform but they uh, and they release the secondary market, but there is no demand on the secondary market. And probably there's a question what is still open, and I absolutely agree with you. So there's the uh, probably question about who will create first the uh, mechanism that will allow to people make the real estate more liquid. And... This is one question, the question number one. And the question number two, and the, we right now trying to solve that question. And the, in my opinion, there is hard to find an answer. So the question is how to uh, conduct the uh, like right price of the property in, uh, in each period of time. So if we will see the Bitcoin, we can... Uh, see the price of the bitcoin in any in any day in any time and we will see what is it but what is the actual property price it should be like market price it should be like secondary market price but then we will see that properties so will go down but their actual price is uh, uh, higher than uh, on the secondary market and that's the way when we're like we can we, we cannot uh, see any answer so this is one of the most important things that we need to solve also because uh, i hope i hope you understand me correctly but yeah this is we're, a this is a big, big, big problem this. on the market how to understand yeah, the actual property so, price yes but you know what? We, we thought about this. Uh, we have a couple of conversations with financial experts from the different areas. 
BedFi and DeFi, both of the areas. And one of the examples was an you know oracle that can broadcast an index for the specific area of the real estate property in a specific region. Uh, that's a, that's a, maybe it's not an exact price, but you know this is a bottom line that we can use to pre-measure the price for the secondary market. So this is one of the ideas, just the conversations like now, but we also think about this, about this instrument. One of the ideas is just an index, but it's really hard to understand every property. Yeah, everything, every exact, exact property, exact, exact property price. Yeah. And that'll depend on the, the, for real estate, that'll depend on the maturity of the industry. Right. So in emerging markets, you don't have that transparent data as much anymore. But in more sophisticated markets like maybe the US or Europe, you would have that level of transparency. So it'd be much more easy to streamline. Yes. There is a project like this. I can't I can't recall the name of the project, but they're selling uh, future tokens for the indexes of the real estate in New York and Florida, I think. But it's a major market with, with a lot of data, so it's easy to calculate an index. Yeah, but there is a derivative, derivative product. That's what we see right now. And it's also an RW, actually. Yeah, of course. I, I think the area is, you know, fastly innovating. There's multiple different approaches that projects can take respective to their own market. Um, um, I mean, it's exciting to be in a space that's innovating. Absolutely. Uh, I completely agree with you, Kevin. And I'm really enjoying listening to you guys uh, talk about some of the hurdles that we have, because, you know, the same way we were having this conversation last year and, you know, we were discussing certain hurdles. Uh, that eventually I think we, we were able to overcome. I think the same thing will happen here. You know, we'll come back to this conversation uh, you know, a year from now and uh, it'll look a lot different than, than, than where we are right now. Um, with that in mind, uh, I would love to kind of uh, get some, some parting thoughts um, and uh, let us know what you're working on right now, any specific milestones that you would like to announce to uh to the listeners kevin if you want to go ahead and kick us off oh great yeah so um i guess um you know for, from our perspective we we launched a standalone product um related specifically to our native utility token um this is called prop based yield uh we we you know go on try it out it's on our website um it's quite exciting um and in terms of you know, we've we've got a lot of excitement over the next few months, just in terms of um, uh, product launches, um, asset tokenization partnerships. We've already announced a few additional ones. Um, our first asset tokenization partner is is Wyndham Garden, um, located here in 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 Bangkok under CME's asset, which is a publicly traded company. So yeah, I think that the uh, um, for us, you know, our our focus remains. Uh, uh, very crystallized. Our business model is very crystallized, um, fairly straightforward, um, and and we're we're quite excited. So we're we're coming on quite fast. I mean, uh, Mikhail, from where you saw us, you know, six months ago to where we are now, we've we've came a long way, and I think also Oleg is kind of in, in that same path. Yeah, I well, we've known each other for probably more than six months now, but yeah, it, it's been a 
it's been quite the journey and really enjoyed following along. Uh, Oleg, how, how about yourself? Uh, any uh, parting thoughts or like some of the things that you're working on at Binary X right now? Any milestones you would like to announce to the, uh, to the listeners? Oleg, not sure if you can hear me. We'll, we'll come back to you. Uh, Anton, how about yourself? Uh, I don't know how to come back. <laughs> okay. Uh, there is nothing special that we're planning to release. We just continue to develop the market. We just continue to explore a market and find some niche when we can, you know, work with an RWA closer than we do it right now. So just, <laughs> just doing the market. That's perfect. Well, nothing special. Well, it's it's special enough. You know, you you definitely gave us a, a new perspective, and you've uh, provided some some questions for some of the other panelists to to really ponder on and think about. So appreciate your Thank your you. contribution. Uh, uh, Oleg, are you? Can you hear me now? Oh, it looks like he's uh, he's a listener. He may be having some technical issues. Uh, Ikaro, how about yourself? Any uh, parting parting thoughts? Well, uh, I think that we had a good conversation here. We, I, I could see that uh, from the developer point of view, we are all aware that the user experience is a must. We have good platforms trying to provide the solution. And together with the regulatory, as uh, we spoke earlier, each country has its each jurisdiction has its own regulatory problems to be fixed. If we go first to the easiest one to show the world how the business works to attract uh, interest from people, I think it's a good strategy. It will be uh, good for everyone in the market. Perfect. Great. Well, again, it was a real pleasure having this conversation with you all. Thank you to all the listeners that tuned in. Please be sure to give everyone here a follow. They are working tirelessly to to innovate and uh, provide us some clarity from a regulatory perspective. And we certainly appreciate all of the work that they do. Uh, we'll have this conversation again soon. Uh, thanks, Kevin, for for, uh, you know, uh, spearheading this and, and, you know, helping me to, uh, motivating me to, to coordinate this. It was all, it was a pleasure as always to, uh, oh, to have this. love it and love talking with you guys. And, um, yeah, happy to be here. Happy to talk with everyone and looking forward to maybe another one in, you know, three to six months. Perfect. Looking forward to have you all here and excited to have this conversation. Uh, and uh, I was talking to Kevin here from from Propbase, and we were discussing, you know, we should do another one of these AMAs about our RWAs. And uh, I saw something in the news uh, recently about uh, the U.S. court, um, something to do with uh, considering real world assets as private property. And I thought, you know, this is a good time for us to revisit. It's been a while since we've had this conversation. I'm sure from a regulatory perspective, there have been a lot of different updates. And so wanted to get you all here that are actually building in this space and you know, shed some light in terms of what you're seeing, whether it be from a regulatory perspective, even though we're none of us here are lawyers. But as a builder, I imagine you have to keep all of these things in mind. And so why don't we start off just going around and doing a quick introduction so people understand 
why you are on this panel. And uh, I'll kick us off. Uh, my name is Mikhail. I help to connect and secure Web3. I do that through my work at Certic, which is one of the leading Web3 security auditing firms. And also I have an amazing exclusive community of founders, builders, uh, ecosystem heads and VCs that are essentially pioneering Web3. And that is Network Spotlight. So that's a little bit about myself. Uh, Kevin, why don't you give us a quick introduction about PropBase? Yeah, great. Happy to be here. Um, you know, I love these these AMAs, especially it's nice being on with, with Olog. We've done quite a few together as well and, and yourself. So yeah, I'm Kevin, um, the CEO of PropBase. Uh, PropBase is a real estate tokenization platform. It's an investment marketplace um, offering fractional ownership. So users can come on the platform. They can invest as little as $100. They can have the same benefits uh, that you would have from really owning the entire asset, which is rental yield and asset appreciation. And if the user so chooses, they can sell the underlying tokens representing the, the asset value uh, in ownership to another prop-based user. Um, the type of assets that we, we focus on are, are quite unique. So we're not geared so much to, to residential. We, we focus a, large, uh, a lot on commercial assets. So in, in our case specifically, I'm, I'm located in Thailand. Most of our team is in Southeast Asia. Um, and we, we focus on the hospitality industry. So namely hotels and resorts. Um, the benefit from, from working in this type of asset class is you have reputable third party property management. So in our case, we have partnerships with Wyndham, Hilton, Pullman, uh, Ramada. Um, so kind of globally renowned uh, international brands. And so that's our real value proposition is we're bringing, you know, global brands kind of bridging the gap between web two and web three and bringing them into blockchain and, and tokenization, uh, in a utility based format. So, so yeah, that's kind of the, the summary, uh, about us, but, uh, we're, we're, we our, our backgrounds are almost entirely prop tech. Uh, we've been building property marketplaces for the last 10 years. Our leadership team has successful exits. And um, yeah, we're excited about the space. You know, the it's it, as you kind of noticed, Mikael, it, it, it's constantly evolving. So it's really nice being in in an area that is one gaining much larger attraction. Um, so uh, and, 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 you know, it's nice talking with, with other founders, Oleg and, and a few of the other guys and, and, and to really learn about how each, you know, region is approaching to tokenization, different types of asset classes. Uh, and so I think, you know, we're, we're kind of at, at the beginning of, of a very interesting space. And for me, I see, you know, tokenization as being the, the alternative for traditional real estate investment. I think it's the future going forward. And I personally couldn't be more bullish on the sector. So thank you. Absolutely. And uh, it's interesting what's happening in, in Asia um, when it comes to real world assets, because you've got the crypto adoption, you've got the, the real estate boom. So there's a lot happening there. And it's almost like a nice little storm brewing in the area. So I feel like strategically you're, you're in a very good position for that. So really exciting to see where, how that impacts uh, our prop base. All right. Yeah. Uh, next, next up, I'd like to introduce uh, Andromeda Protocol, which is a decentralized operating system. And 
they're also got their hands on RWAs. How you doing, Andromeda? Doing good, Kill. Uh, Matt Hawkins here, one of the uh, co-founders of Andromeda. Um, my background, where this all came from, uh, from me, is, is unusual. Much like Mikhail's always good about talking about in this space, is that we all, many of us, come from different backgrounds. Um, I've yet to meet anyone who's been in this uh, space since 2016. Uh, I've, I've yet to meet anyone that uh, uh, that has my kind of background. Um, I was uh, forming digital assets and uh, claiming ownership. Uh, based on what has become known as uh, the 721 standard, you know, unique, uh, non-fungible assets uh, back in the 80s. Uh, I'm a fighter pilot by trade, uh, and we were doing uh, digital asset formation and transference and uh, use for targeting information with missiles and bombs uh, back in the 80s. And I watched that entire industry uh, mature throughout my career, which was a 28-year uh, military career. I was in the first F-18 squadron, so we were the first ones to really do it in the Navy and the Marine Corps, uh, using multiple different uh, technology stacks to quantify and create a digital image of different things, whether they were airplanes or uh, targets on the ground. That grew into a uh, commercial real estate uh, background uh, after I uh, transitioned to the private sector. Started a couple of companies. The uh, most recent uh, applicable RWA uh, was a commercial real estate uh, company. And didn't have the technology yet to do it. Uh, this was back, you know, 28, uh, 2010 through 16, 17. Uh, I had AIT, AO, I'm sorry, IoT and AI. So we were building uh, mesh networks and uh, semi-operating systems in each building. Um, and then uh, met my partner, uh, Cody Marks Bailey, who uh, really taught me the most about blockchain early in 2016. So... I left commercial real estate behind, dove headlong down the rabbit hole, and uh, got into RWAs early. He and I started a company for a uh, private equity firm uh, back in 2017. Uh, they were trying to uh, tokenize uh, Michelangelo bronze original sculptures, and we were fractionalizing those. Uh, Goldman Sachs and uh, Lloyds of London were involved for the insurance piece. I mean, there was all kinds of interesting stuff there, but ERC-721, Ethereum wasn't smart enough to do what we were trying to do. So Cody got mad and went and wandered the desert for 40 days and 40 nights uh, looking for better technology, discovered the uh, the Cosmos ecosystem. I went back to commercial real estate and was a uh, family office uh, chief of staff for a while where we were digitizing his real estate portfolio, which was a $9 billion real estate portfolio uh, here in the United States uh, and future revenue streams coming off that, uh, that uh, real estate. Uh, we worked on that for uh, for a few years. Cody said, I figured out the technology. My uh, patron of the family office said, uh, Matt, you need to be running something, not working for me. Go start that thing, and I'll put my asset on top of you. So that's how uh, Andromeda started. Cody found the tech. Uh, I brought the business expertise. And uh, we've done several real-world asset uh, projects as, as demonstrators. Uh, we may have one of our... Uh, our project leads uh, on the call here. I haven't seen in the Twitter feed, but I come at it from an aspect of using different technologies to quantify what what you want to do from a business aspect. You know, do you want to target and blow it up in an airplane, or do you want to uh, resell it or uh, get yield off of the uh, off the asset and uh, and tokenize that yield? So I'm glad to be here. This is fun. Thank you very much, Mikhail. Matt Hawkins. Thanks so much, Matt. It's 
always amazing to to hear you. I feel like every time I, I share the stage with you, I learn something new about your experience and uh, what brought you to where you are now. So really, really interesting stuff. Thanks so much for sharing. Next, I would like to introduce Anton, who usually hangs out at a coffee shop. <laughs> I feel like every time we've talked, he's been at a coffee <laughs> shop. <laughs> yeah, let's see it. Yeah, so hey everyone, my name is Anton, and I'm a co-founder of Squarefy. So everyone talking about background, so I need to share a little bit of too. I'm uh, 15 years of entrepreneurship. Um, as the modern term, it's called bootstrapping because every time I'm building everything with my own network and money. So different businesses from restaurants, and coffee shops to communication providers. So I've got some projects like this and I've built systems like this. So I'm not only a businessman, but I'm also a developer, uh, not a developer. Uh, Let's say I'm encoding. <laughs> so yeah, I'm building systems. And in the blockchain space, I'm started. I'm started from a Web two projects. So it was a project with uh, intellectual property, and they asked me to help them to switch to the blockchain because they want to fix that intellectual property in the blockchain. And that was my first engineering dive into the blockchain. And you know, it was not only engineering but also a legal part because. Uh, when you do an entrepreneurship, you're always doing the legal stuff. So in this project, we connected legal and blockchain and started to publish intellectual property rights documents tokenized. So first time was in 2021 when we experienced with that. Uh, we did some pilot projects with uh, universities and then we stopped this because we decided in the country that we started the project that blockchain is not highly adopted. So we started with that, but I, I started to, you know, explore different stuff. And uh, during this time, I met my co-founder, Dennis, uh, and we started Squareify with him. So uh, we started usually as a project, we said, hey, so we can tokenize the real estate and then sell it, to the, sell it as a shares to the different people. And uh, we did a couple of, different stuff. I, I cannot say like Kevin, so they have in a portfolio, we have in a portfolio, huge companies, et cetera, et cetera, because we're just two guys who started the company with a small team bootstrapping and developing it. So right now, what we found, we're focusing on a, a development and building a white label infrastructure for those asset owners and asset originators who want to tokenize Mainly it's real estate, but we're looking for different markets, private equity, VCs, et cetera, et cetera. So we're building a platform for them, given the set of the documentation, given the set of smart contracts, if they want to, and we help them to tokenize, to you know, create uh, a tokenized product in a days, not a month or years. So that's what we're mainly doing. And also, right now, we're doing a lot of research in RWA space because maybe we'll discuss it today. As you can see, the RWA is a good narrative, but there is no you know, real value proposition for retail investors right now in the market. So that's the main research that we're doing. 
we're trying to find a liquidity for already sold RWA assets. So that's what we're doing. That's a quick window and thank you. <laughs> Thanks, Anton. And perhaps maybe this would spark a debate whether or not there is a real you know, value proposition there on the, uh, the retail side. So thanks so much for, for sharing about your experience, and it's great to, to have you here. Uh, next, I would like to uh, invite Oleg to, to speak about uh, Binary X. Sure, sure. Thank you so much, Mikhail. And uh, glad to see all of you guys. Thank you so much for uh, coming here on the Twitter space. I think it will be interesting, uh, interesting Twitter, Twitter space today because uh, I already know Kevin and I already know Andromeda. And nice to meet you, Anton. We are working on the same market. Probably you've heard about us and uh, I hear about your project and uh, you're doing amazing things and thank you so much that you're also developing that area and uh, i think uh, like the future is about rwa so uh, that's little few words about intro uh hi guys my name is Ola and i am uh, ceo and co-founder of binaries and uh, we are providing an infrastructure for rwa and we all already have successful cases in two locations uh, like Montenegro and uh, uh, Bali, Indonesia. And soon we will launch the third, our, our third market, Kazakhstan. And uh, we all were already built the platform with the fully centralized uh, algorithms and uh, what is operating with the smart contracts. And our platform is allowing people to organize themselves into the legal entities like DAOs in the United States and uh, interact with real estate uh, players such as real estate developers, agencies, management companies, and etc., who provide the services for management of their property that is already tokenized. And uh, we as Binaryx, we mostly like Uber or Airbnb. We don't own any property that uh, are tokenized and people own it uh, by themselves with uh, the legal entities, so what is called the DAO LLCs. And from our products, we already built uh, the marketplace and secondary market. And in a few weeks, we will launch in our new project like off plan for the properties on the construction stage. And in this year, we plan to uh, launch also lending protocol and RWA derivatives and probably tokenize it for gauge for the uh, users who want to use the blockchain and the crypto assets to buy uh, the property with the long-term loans. And um, we have about 8K uh, registered customers at the moment and a few contracts with the, with the big developers in Montenegro for tokenization uh, of the few hotels with value about $10 million and it will be represented on the platform in a few months. So that's what we are doing. And uh, we believe that we can make the real assets, uh, real world assets more liquid. And uh, we already uh, successfully solving that problem with our solutions. Thank you. Amazing. Sounds like, Oleg, you've been uh, very busy <laughs> building since the last time we've talked. 
and I would be curious to know because I remember the the previous discussions. There were some regulatory hurdles, and it sounds like uh, some of those you may have got some clarity, and that allowed for you to uh, continue to innovate and and develop uh, new features into your platform. So uh, that's exciting. Absolutely, absolutely. We are hustling hardly. <laughs> that's great. Uh, next, I'd like to uh, invite uh, Ikaro to the stage. So Ikaro is a uh, special guest that I brought on. He is somebody that I um, connect with many times when it comes to uh, legal issues. So he's not here to provide any kind of uh, legal advice. But since this is such a new space and there's a lot of uh, regulatory um uh, news that come out pretty much on a daily basis. I wanted to have him here and, and share his perspective on what he's seeing and, uh, you know, just get a quick introduction from him. Hey, Caro, how are you? Hello, Mikhail. I'm good. Thank you. Thank you for the inviting. It's a pleasure, as always, to speak with you and with your audience. And for everyone that is here, thank you for your time to listen to us. My name is Icaro. I'm a lawyer. I am, I am providing legal counseling for crypto companies since 2017. Uh, so I already lived a few bear markets, a few bull markets. Let's say that compared to my traditional law career that I had before joining crypto, I have nowadays a way more interesting life. So I will be helped to support you. And I am very interested to hear you guys speaking because I am based in Dubai. And yesterday we had a, a meeting here in Bybit headquarters. And the subject of the meeting was exactly uh, real world assets, tokenizations, and regulation. And it's interesting. I was as a listener in that meeting. Uh, I have my perspectives on this space. And from my point of view, we have real world assets that they had a lot, they have a lot of regulatory friction to be tokenized. And we have other regulatory, other real world assets that the regulatory friction is way lowest. And of course, the problem sits on the ones that we have regulatory friction, like for example, real estate. So I hope to hear from you guys updates and new ideas to actually improve the liquidity in these kind of assets to bring blockchain to this part of the economy. And of course, if I can support you with any legal, you can make contact with me because as Mikhail said, and the disclosing, I cannot give here uh, legal advice. So I am waiting to learn more with you guys. Thanks, Ricardo. Uh, it's, it's great. Always great to share the stage with you. And on that note, let's, 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 um, this conversation to to everybody here and just 30,000 foot overview what are what are some of the things that you've learned over the course of the last year that you feel like has uh, created a breakthrough for you and you know what what you're building you know I'm looking at the current news as I mentioned to you about RWAs being considered a uh, personal property I'm not sure how big of a deal that is for you as somebody that is building or on the legal side, but I'm curious to, to understand if there's something that you've learned over the course of the last year that has uh, really shifted the way that you are building out your platform. 
I'll, uh, I'll start from an operating system standpoint at, at Andromeda. Uh, the shift in regulatory uh, environment hasn't really affected our building. Uh, the intent of uh, Andromeda uh, is really to give the tools to builders to uh, to take what they want to do or what their circumstances are and give them the tools to do that uh, much easier uh, and better and faster than ever before in the Web3 space. Uh, I will say uh, from a as recent as a phone call yesterday with a very large family office in New York City that the interest in this RWA uh, concept has grown to the point where family offices are reaching out to me and asking, is there anybody out there that wants to figure this out and automate it so that it doesn't take months or uh, or weeks to uh, tokenize a real-world asset and turn into something um, like Wix and a website where you can do it very quickly and you have the legal problems solved and they're in a can. It's more like a click and drag. You select uh, what legal or what kind of... Uh, purpose you have for tokenizing that asset, whether it's just straight ownership, like the Chris, uh, Chris Dixon book uh, just recently came out, Read, Write, Own, uh, you know, the ability to transition from, you know, a simple ownership all the way to very sophisticated securities type ownership. Uh, this family office uh, is interested in anyone that would like to, uh, to work with Andromeda to figure that out. Uh, and th- there's plenty of money behind it. So I, I like to think that it's not about the money. It's all about the money. So uh, what I'm seeing, uh, based on my uh, my entrepreneurial experience since 2008, is that when money like that talks to you, that the uh, the environment has changed from just a good idea, uh, what I call good idea fairies, to uh, now the money is interested and they want some solutions. So I'm interested to talk to everybody on the call here that uh, is in this space because uh, I am headlong in trying to automate that in what uh, Andromeda is calling the Web three Enterprise Alliance, where we show uh, this kind of money and these kind of institutional uh, leaders, how this space can benefit them that the Web2 space cannot. Perfect. Thanks so much, Mant. Um, it's uh, really exciting to see how, you know, automation is going to play into all these different various verticals, including the, the RWA uh, side of things as well. So uh, anybody else have anything else to add? Um, yeah, I mean, of course, I can I can chime in a, a bit. I mean, it kind of comes to, I guess, it, it, from from my take, w- the way the way we look at it is is blockchain is the underlying uh, infrastructure that allows for the transferability of tokens to be more efficient and 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 that reflected in representing the a, a real asset such as a, a real estate asset. Um, the benefits are there, right? So when you talk to family offices, like you mentioned in the United States, um, pretty much everyone's looking at this just because it's, it's a more efficient way to transfer ownership between party A to party B. Um, having said that, uh, real, really, I mean, you know, when you, when you look at, uh, uh, let's say, example, the securitization of, of real estate assets uh this could be REITs this could be you know uh, other other portfolios of, of of assets or or even the underlying equities of companies um it, the, the legal and regulatory framework has has been established for a significant period of time um so so really the the underlying you know asset in in blockchain is really just another vehicle which you transfer 
um, that ownership between those parties. Now, there's also, having said that, that is for the underlying ownership of that individual asset. So in, in prop basis case, we we have securitization vehicles here in Southeast Asia. We have one in Europe, more specifically in Luxembourg. Um, because we look at, um, you know, our objective is to tokenize the underlying ownership. So um, these are represented in shares through a compartment within a, a, a securitization vehicle. And I think there's, but there's other ways you can tokenize the, for example, the economic rents. So I do see other platforms around the world tokenizing even for something such as yield associated with that asset, where it might not be the actual underlying ownership. So there's a lot of ways of going about it, but but the the fractionalization of a real estate asset is nothing new. So I I, I do see, you know, specifically in, in various countries around the world, there is, you know, regulatory framework, there's processes in place, there's application processes. Um, you know, bringing in crypto and blockchain is new. That's actually quite, quite, you know, when you bring in crypto into it, that's a little bit different um, because then you have to go with, you know, you're not necessarily looking at MIFID 2, such as, you, you know, Europe, you're looking now at MICA and, and other regulatory frameworks. And so I think that that, that is, um, you know, where you begin to look at maybe some instability, right? So MICA, for example, is just becoming implemented and in Europe, um, you can see that's kind of going to trend throughout the world. But but from a from a standpoint, you know, to to fractionalize a real estate asset and and to divide that in, into shares un, with an underlying entity, I think that's been established for for quite some time. And and I actually see, you know, for the future, it really will be even REITs, whether they're private or publicly traded. I I think that eventually they will actually adapt to blockchain. Just simply because the underlying technology, you 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 cut out middlemen, you reduce, you know, administrative backend office operations. You have kind of a, a uniform method of settlement. So if, if if it's dispersed amongst multiple exchanges or multiple different regions, you have kind of a correlated data that can be realized on on uh, on a real time basis, whether it be a minute or a day or something. So. So yeah, from from our perspective, we just look at it. You know, blockchain is is great uh, as a technology in which to transfer ownership, and um, that's kind of the I guess the new new evolution. So that, that could be real estate, it could be equities, it could be bonds, T bills, so on and so forth. It's really a deep, reducing friction. You know, the, the history yeah. of technology since you know since there ever was technology, when anybody decided to call something technology is to reduce friction, make it easier, better, faster. That's the name of the game. Can I yeah, the word? Think, yeah, go, yeah, yeah, go for it. Yeah. Uh, and f first, I would like to say to Ikara, Ikara, you, you, can you contact me, please? And uh, I can share with you my experience about uh, the legal, because current uh, spe current stage probably w will be without legal, because the on, on the last stage we speak a lot about legal, and currently there is there is there is most about uh, technical stuff. Uh, will be most about technical stuff and 
other things, in my opinion, but we'll see. Uh, but I have an ideas content? about the legal. Yeah, I, I have an ideas about legal in Dubai uh, because I'm following that area too much. And uh, this is one of the most uh, attractive areas for us. Uh, this for the beginning about legal side. Uh, but from the my opinion, what is uh, I'm absolutely agree with you guys that any technology was created uh, for the remove some frictions from like any source and any pain from the customers, from the users, from the people. But uh, we uh, should remember that always uh, when internet just began right uh, i remember myself i am a guy from ukraine and i live in small city uh in the middle of ukraine and uh, I'm, I'm living with my parents uh in house but there was a problem when uh we don't have enough infra infrastructure uh to have an internet in our house but almost everyone in the like in the big cities have that house and that, that, that kind of luxury <laughs> on that moment so in my opinion there is a problem always not just the technology but technology acceptance and building an infrastructure solutions that will bring the, to the people uh, more opportunities to use the technologies and when we are talking about tokenization there is no not just like one point and one thing about um, uh, about that we create such technology and uh, that technology will be accepted by the people. People are lazy and we need to remember that. And uh, why tokenization doesn't happen like five years ago or six years ago when was uh, ICO boom in 2017? Uh, some people will say that uh, that's about regulation, right? Some people will say that's about other things, but <clears throat> if we will remember how how hard blockchain was in 2017 and in which area it's moving right now, we will see that players right now create an infrastructure for people to uh, remove the friction about what you're saying uh, from the stages when the people just onboarding on the tokenization. And why, in my opinion, it's the best time to make the tokenization right now? Because such standards like ERC-4337 uh, disappeared when oh, we have an account abstraction. The crypto uh, become like, I absolutely agree that Mika uh, and other regulations will bring more adoption in that area and will allow us to accept like credit cards and convert them to the to the USDT and the coins on the blockchain, but we will see the huge adoption when the most of the projects, uh, what is using the blockchain, will understand that users are struggling not not from the uh, like uh, they're struggling from using blockchain. They're struggling from uh, that. Uh, things like uh, remember the seed phrase and all that stuff. So. Uh, we are working, for example, on the blockchain fully, and uh, we are operating on the blockchain. But in our job, we're trying to remove all that frictions from the users, and we're trying to remove all that uncomfortable things. And even when the users come into us and passing the KYC, and even if they connect with uh, their 
MetaMask wallet, we are refilling their account, for example, for $1 to make the transaction to the to make the next transaction to purchase the tokens with Matic because because we are working on Polygon. And uh, in my opinion, currently such technologies like account abstraction and all the stuff that will help the user without uh, any pain to use the crypto and don't uh, worry about paying the fees and all that kind of stuff uh, work with uh, the crypto assets will bring the like many many opportunities to the <clears throat> to the uh, rwa because uh, technology is created a long time ago and you know that and uh, in my opinion there is no high demand because of that stuff uh, for the people they don't understand why they need to struggle to use it if they can use any other uh, things and uh, how i see from the market side and probably probably you see uh, as a product creators and project creators you also see uh, there is not so high demand right on the our niche and our, on our topic some some players would like to tokenize the property some players would like to tokenize the equity but they would like to tokenize it to start making money on it and they're thinking that they when they tokenize the equity or a property they can sell it easily but it's not the right way and uh, it's not happened by that way and uh, i am understanding because i have a lot of requests from the market about that kind of things but uh, those people are not able to receive enough uh, profit from the tokenization when I start talking with them because there is no enough of demand from the from the another side. So the second thing and my second most important point and my idea, this is like create more education and uh, educate the people how to use the blockchain and explain to them why what is the benefits they will get if they will use the tokenized assets and for example for us it's the main thing that we are doing on our uh on our uh, like on our side and that's that can be called sales and all that stuff but without uh that we cannot create the demand and we cannot uh, bring a lot of opportunities to the big players who would like to tokenize their assets because just tokenization doesn't bring too much uh, value, right, for it, uh, and all would like uh, all players would like to make money on it. And mostly, mostly, we need to remember that there is no high demand and enough uh, users who will buy their assets. Well said, Oleg. You you brought up something interesting. How the the, the onboarding seems to be more of a hurdle than the regulatory aspect. And uh, also a follow-up question to you from an education standpoint. Personally, I think the best education is user experience, having a very uh, better UX. That that tends to create better applications. If you take something like Facebook, when they first came on board, very first social media platform, right? That that really made a, a, an impact. Uh, there wasn't necessarily... Um, at least not from what I remember, there weren't any blog posts about how to navigate Facebook. It was very simple. You either like something or you comment on something. And now you have all these other features that they have added, of course, but that was over time as people uh, have grown acclimated. So 
Uh, I guess my my follow up question is: Is it more, is education more from just a user experience standpoint, making it very simple, or do we actually need to go out there and create content around the the educational aspect? And I do realize that it's a little different here because we have a blockchain, which you know is is an investment vehicle here as well, which you don't have with just using an application like Facebook. No, I'm agree with you. So this is uh, one of the most important points that I mentioned uh, in the beginning, that uh, there is a friction in the technology that uh, mostly of the uh, like, and I have like following up question. Uh, I, I, I mentioned about uh, account abstraction and those account abstraction right now solving a lot of problems and uh, we can use them. And that's uh, removing like that's bringing most more usable user experience for users and uh, that's one of the, my point of views why organization right now come back to the topic and why people start talking about it right but there is a question before the facebook there was enough of companies uh, who bring the social media who make the social medias but they was not successful as a facebook and uh, why they was not so successful as a Facebook. And this is one of the most uh, like uh, often questions that I'm asking myself uh, because uh, all of us building the projects and uh, uh, we would like uh, to have millions of customers or billions of customers around the world. And uh, why the Facebook becomes such popular and why the other social media wasn't. I think it's just the the simplification. It's it's the same way the iPhone became more popular because it's it's just a very simple um, functionality. That that's my personal opinion. But we'd love to hear some of some yeah, of others. I, I mean, I, I I think that's a hundred percent true. Uh, Oleg, we've talked about this a lot. Like consumers are always looking for an easier way to interact, whether through, you know, uh, an application on their phone, they want something that can be done in five to 15 minutes. Um, they're always looking for a new value proposition, right? But I also think that in terms of our, our industry, it's also getting demand, right? So, you know, bringing assets on chain through, you know, Oleg, if you you know, tokenize uh, in in Montenegro, uh, 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 one of the most popular assets in 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 the country. There are going to be people who will fight through you know th- those technical problems because of the attractiveness of the asset of what you're tokenizing. And a lot of times, the assets we're tokenizing were not made accessible to people. Example, you know, for, for us, Thailand, we're, we're tokenizing hotels, right? So people who originally thought they couldn't invest in Thailand, now they can. Um, it's a much lower barrier to entry. It's a much um, uh, less, less of a consideration, you could say. Um, but I think, yeah, I think it's, it's twofold. You have to have the good assets. Um, you have to also have, you know, a, a value proposition, a sleek UI, UX interface. Uh, I think. People also don't want the risk of, especially if they're not Web3, they don't want the risk of, you know, if, if you lost your, your keys, you, you lost all of your, your, your tokens representing the underlying asset, right? So, and that's technically not applicable, right? Because we all have to be compliant 
you know, and, and, you know, I think that, you know, you can have within, within RWA, you, you have the benefits of blockchain technology, which is a transferability, but you don't have the anonymity, right? So you don't have the essential associated risk, right? So we all have security measures in place that, you know, restrict, example, tokens being transferred off chain to other third parties that, you know, are not KYC or not AML or not uh, on, there's no on-chain analysis. But yeah, I think, in, I mean, in summary, it's bringing attractive assets on chain. I always use an example, if Elon Musk was to te- tokenize a Tesla factory, you know, um, you know, whatever platform that, you know, was, was offering that, that asset would go through the roof, right? So whether it was easy to use or I guess hard to use or had flaws. But yeah, at the end of the day, I mean, it's, it's, it's about kind of taking, taking away uh, the complexities of blockchain and, and streamlining that user experience. And, you know, it can be done ideally through a mobile interface, through, through a responsive platform. I think sure, uh, Anton, sure. I'm agree with you. Hey, oh, like one second. I think uh, Anton okay. and, and, and Matt, they also wanted to chime in. Uh, Anton, I don't know if you uh, you had your hand up for for a moment there. Yeah, yeah. For that, the uh, you know, Kev partially, you know, he spoke. That what what I wanted to tell. So I, I wanted to agree with Nolak uh, about this, but what I can well, there's a few uh, thoughts about this. First of all, about education. So uh, we see a lot of education stuff right now on the internet about the blockchain. So Binance Academy is number one source of facts for everybody who entering this space, who want to learn more about the space, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, I participate in a lot of uh, Telegram uh, groups, et cetera, and some other different social networks where the, you know, blockchain founders, web founders and guys like this are, you know, communicate. And uh, I, I can remember what happened, but it was a situation when there is something happened. I think it was something related to sanctions. And part of these guys who claiming as a Web3 founders started to say, hey, I cannot, you know, get back my, my, my money from Biden. And then they started to say that we don't have any non-custodial wallets. We're keeping all of our money on Binance. And then I started to understand that they cannot understand what is a non-custodial, but they are Web3 founders. So even the guys who claiming that they are in a Web3, they cannot completely understand Web3. And what I understood about this, what I think about this actually, is that uh, education is very good. But with the current state of technology, when you actually to, to navigate in all of this stuff, you need to be deeply into the technology. You need to be a tech guy, actually. Uh, it's not going to be have an adoption will not going to happen. So uh, what I think one of the main gaps between real estate as a personal property and the actual retail customer, not only retail customers, but maybe a small customer who invested in, in this asset, is first of all, in adopt an adoption. Education is good, but adoption needs to start happening first. And yes, that's what we have, what we're talking about. The user interfaces, the easiest way to access all of this stuff, et cetera, et cetera. Even if we need to find a legal, um, what we can say, 
like wormholes, maybe different jurisdiction, et cetera, et cetera, to help with an adoption. For example, to accept fiat and then convert it to crypto easily for the customer. For example, to maybe to give them an access to the semi-custodial stuff when you know, we, we can somehow, with a account abstraction, actually do some kind of stuff when they don't need to keep the seed phrase, et cetera, et cetera, or lose it. So we need to think about all of this stuff for them to help them to use uh, all of the web tree stuff as they, as they regularly use in the web two stuff. That's the first stuff. And the second, this is a mis-selling between us who understand what this tokenization is and the customers. Actually, we're working a lot with the customers for the white label solution and doing the tokenization solutions for them. And you know, in the last year, there is a couple of conversation with the potential customers where we come to the asset owners and say, hey, you wanted to tokenization. You find the right partner. And they said, yeah, we need a tokenization. We got a guy, let's say, in a Kazakhstan, and his money stuck in, a, let's say, some sanctioned country, and he wants to buy officially a house in Spain. So if this tokenization can help with that, we're in the right place. So this is a mis-selling, a misunderstanding of what tokenization is in the market. So that's when I think we needed education first. For those who are trying to tokenize the asset, for those who are selling the assets to the market, and for the regular customer, I think the adoption is the way to go before we can talk about uh, personal property of real world assets. Uh, thank you. Thanks for chatting. Absolutely in. agree. Absolutely uh, agree with you that we need to. to uh, I mean, about, uh, about education, I mean, Exactly that what you say, Anton, about uh, what tokenization is and what RWA is, because RWA and tokenization is not like just a crypto. Yeah, correct. Yeah, correct. So, Mikhail, I'm going to have to uh, unplug here in about three minutes. So uh, I agree with all that's been said here. Uh, uh, having watched uh, product market fit and adoption happen since the 80s. Uh, trying to explain what an F-18 could do to uh, a colonel or a general back when I was a young captain, uh, it was like talking to a wall because they had their own mindset, they had their own understanding of their technology when they were young. Uh, and it took 20 years to get uh, those young captains to grow up to be colonels and generals to be able to adopt that into actual use. So we've got a road ahead of us. Uh, but the keys to it, uh, a lot of it is the technology, the user interface, you know, the experience, how easy it is, of course, the regulation that goes along with it. Uh, so the more we as technologists can make it easier, better and faster, the easier it is for retail market, for business people, for society to digest this. Just like Steve Jobs standing up and pulling uh, a phone or an iPod out of his pocket. And making it very simple, saying a thousand songs in your pocket, or this one little device is going to be a phone, a calendar, you know, all the different things. We as technologists have got to stop talking about all the beeps and squeaks that go into it. And we've got to make it very simple for people to understand, or we'll be talking to ourselves forever. You know, the key to technology adoption is to make it easy to understand for someone who's busy doing their own life, whether it's business or, you know, cooking dinner. It's got to be easy 
better and faster for everyone. And with that, I'm going to unplug and uh, and say thank you all. I'd love to connect with the, all of you because there's a lot going on in this space, at least for the Andromeda world. And, and it sounds like it is for you as well. Good luck to you all. And uh, thanks for the time. Does everyone follow Andromeda Protocol? They've got a lot of uh, news coming out right now. They've got some uh, a big announcement for uh, tomorrow as well. Uh, so definitely check out their their profile. Give them a follow and give everybody all the all the other panelists here a follow as well. Go ahead, Oleg. Oleg, can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I hear. Yeah, yeah. You, you had your hand up, so I was just I was calling on you. Yeah, that's that's great that we talk about, you know, like one of the main problems right now in the market and with RWA. And in my opinion, it's really important. And there is like a second uh, thing that I would like to ask the other founders, because uh, like all the startups struggling from the demand side and lack of the demand side. So... How you guys uh, make with the struggling? <laughs> I yeah, I think that you brought up a good point, right? So, I I, I look at I look at uh, building an investment marketplace as really having four areas, right? And two of those areas are relatively easy to be solved. So, area number one is acquisition. Can you acquire good assets to bring on chain? Area two, obviously your legal frameworks, right? Which is solvable. Uh, area number three, your technical stacks, which, you know, Olug, since we spoke, you've, you've developed a lot more. I know that PropBase, you know, we're, we're, we're developing, you know, at, at, at record pace as well. So these are solvable problems. It's just man hours, thought process. We have to dig into the details to make the UI UX um, uh, streamlined. And then the fourth area really is distribution, right? So. Um, the key, I think, for uh, and ultimately distribution, then not only on the primary asset tokenization, bringing it on chain, but actually then for the secondary market liquidity. Because when you can bring uh, first, when you can acquire a good asset that people are, are attracted to and want to invest in and, and basically has the offering with a relatable, with, with a relatable or, or reliable you know, metric such as is the yield going to be there in terms of real estate, you know, and it, it, is it audited and is it, is it, is it applicable? Is, is the entity, is the underlying investor going to get the yield that, that is solicited? Um, the second one is then can the investor get back out? So I think, you know, from a technical and from a, from a, from a legal framework, these are solvable problems. And then the, the areas that are hard for scaling um, and I just know this from my marketplace background, right? Because whether it be um, building platforms like Zillow, right? You had to get, you know, uh, you had to first build the technical stack and you had to build, you know, you had to get users on board and, and then you needed to get more inventory and then you needed to make it work, right? Um, but those are, the, those are the areas. So I think, you know, can you acquire good assets and can you distribute those assets and can you get the individual investor out at, at realistically a time and, and price of their choosing? And I think that if, if, if you can achieve those, those, the, the acquisition and then the distribution, you have essentially the, the model for, a, for, for a happy customer and, and a user that was able to use your platform and would recommend their your platform to 10 other of their friends because they've had a, 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 an, an attractive experience. 
So I think when we look at um, secondary market, I look at the biggest hurdle is is bringing assets on chain is is a little bit easier than actually the secondary market development. And I know that Oleg and I we we we've talked about this. What is you know secondary market? We're currently building our secondary marketplace, and um, but that's that's really it. I mean, and I think where a lot of platforms really uh, in the world right now, whether they be in the United States or in Europe. It is that secondary market liquidity, and so um, you know each platform has their own way to do it. Um, um, but you know, creating that that uh, essentially a flywheel where a user can come into your platform, they can get out at a time and price, uh, and and that's the liquidity, right? So uh, once that becomes a habit, and once you begin scaling that, then it's just a matter of adding more users, adding more liquidity, adding more attractive assets onto that platform. And 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 I think that's really the the magic for scaling uh, an investment marketplace or or uh, RWA platform out there. The other route is then to be just solely an infrastructure partner, right? Your white labeling, all that kind of stuff. Prop base isn't really that. I mean, we 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 are building a white label, but it's not our primary business. It's just simply to facilitate our real estate developers because they want their own solution. But for us, our core focus is always how can an investor come in? How can they be happy with the asset they bought? How can they, they get what was promised to them at the time of the offering? And then how can they get out of that asset uh, at a time and price of their choosing? And I think that's the key fundamentals of the business. And, and if those you know, two aspects, such as acquiring great assets and distributing those underlying tokens to, to, to participants, I think if if those can be solved, then the technical and the legal frameworks uh, go hand in hand. Amazing. Well, this was a very insightful one-hour conversation. I think that this conversation can keep going. Uh, actually, as I see uh, Ikado has his hand up. Uh, go ahead, Ikado. Let's let's hear your thoughts on this. Yeah, just uh, a little one, as we already have one-hour conversation, is that this point that you mentioned, for example, of developing white labels because. The real estate developers, they want they, their own platform. Uh, I saw it in Brazil. I'm from Brazil. I saw it happen in Brazil, not only on real estate, but in other uh, real world assets tokenization that are going on there. And something similar is happening in the UAE, where the big players that they want to tokenize their assets, they want their own platform. And on my view, this correct. is yeah, one complicated point to liquidity because we know that, for example, we need to make the user life easier. If the user has a few platforms on the world where the user could access all the real estate tokenized, it will be way easier for everyone. But imagine that you want to buy your token of a real estate then you want to join a platform uh, from a developer in the United States. And then you heard that you had good projects in Italy. Then you need to join another platform. And then you heard a good uh, development going on in Singapore. Then you then go and need to join another platform. Okay, we know that using Web3 ID, it's easy, but we are native Web3 users. The guys from Web2, they think, oh, I need to create another account. Oh, oh, I need to give access 
from my Google account to my Google account to another platform and etc. I think that this point, the developers in the real estate, they are missing. They are uh, playing against the liquidity of their own market. Yeah, but they, they I, I mean, I deal with that here, right? So um, they do want it because they're, they're uh, like in the UAE, uh, uh, X developer might be in competition with Y developer, right? So they don't want to share or be on the same platform per se yes, um, because it. there's a conflict, right? Um, there's solutions to that though, um, because of blockchain, bought the same token on multiple different platforms. You can have making sure, uh, 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 there's solutions around that. But what I probably would say is you'd see the same, what you saw in, um, I, from my background is the, and I'm sure that you're familiar with, uh, you're, you're in the UAE, you're, you're from Brazil. So you have. OLX, you have all these big platforms, you have property finder out there. What happened was, mm -hmm. you know, you had online class, online property classified platforms, you had online car classified platforms, um, job platforms. What they did is they just rolled up. So a lot of uh, entrepreneurs would create them, then they would, they would exit that business to a larger acquisition player, they would do a tech stack rollout. Um, and they would, they would, they would try and streamline it to make it easier for, for one user to cross. But I think that there, through, through asset tokenization of specifically real estate, there is, you know, because the, it's an immovable property, it's located in geographical region. There's also regulatory differentiality between regions, right? And, or country to country. So there is going to be some regional play. I don't think it, we're looking at a one player take all market. But I could see, you know, our, like example, PropBase, our objective and our mission statement is to be the largest real estate investment marketplace in Southeast Asia, right? Plain and simple, five years, right? So, so but we don't plan to tokenize assets in, you know, Brazil, for example, right? So, so I think that there will be, you know, a streamline of, 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 you know, acquisitions and mergers coming up as the, as the industry is more established. But this will take maybe seven to 10 years. But right now, it's very greenfield. And I think that, you know, platforms build in their own way. They have their own approach to, to the tokenization engine. They have their own approach to, to secondary market liquidity, the value proposition, features with inside their platform. But yeah, I see the, uh, I, I, I do understand that the, that, smaller platforms, white label solutions can break up the liquidity, but there is a solution in order to, to bring it back on, let's call it the mother platform or, or a cross platform or cross chain. All yeah, I got no, go ahead, Anton. Yeah. 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 I just wanted to add something together. Folks. <laughs> okay. No, first of all, what I wanted to say, Carl, for you, uh, technically it's possible right now because most of our platforms using ERC 20 compatible tokens, if we're talking about TRX or if we're talking about ERC 40, it's all of these tokens, ERC 20 compatible. Uh, why am I saying this? All of these tokens in, in the blockchains that can readable through the blockchain, so everybody can you know, in, one, uh, in one minute you know, establish a portal when you can gather all of these tokens from all of this world. But you cannot buy it you know, from this platform, but maybe they can do some kind of stuff to adopt the address them to the white label platform. So it, it, it should be happening in the next, I think, four or five years. So somebody will create a platform like this. Or 
maybe companies like Zillow or any other huge companies or in the aggregators of real estate, they will add an ability to invest in a property because it's really easy to add actually technically. Um, you know, contact them to be with with those guys who own in, or with a real estate property asset uh, originator or a developer website so they can sell them these shares. So I don't think that's a huge problem right now. But um, what I what I want to ask you, uh, as you mentioned, uh, real estate uh, developers in uh, in Latin America, Brazil. Yeah, you talked about Brazil. Yes. Uh, yeah, so have you ever chance to talk with them why they want this white label platforms, why they want to recognize? And they are so looking do for you have white... any feedback from them? Sure, sure. Uh, they they searching for white label platforms because uh, they have, in my opinion, a misconception that this is a market in a market where the winners take all. So they all want to be the mm -hmm. first. And they don't want mm -hmm. to be the first in a competitor's platform. They want to have their own platform. Uh, something for the ego as well, exactly. you know, for, so they can say, hey, I am the first. People in Brazil, in South America, <laughs> they like to say, hey, I am the first. And uh, I think and that is not, a big point. Yeah, and then I keep in mind that if you are first in the legal space and you created a unique set of documents, Next day, everybody will copy it. <laughs> yes, <laughs> so everybody will have it. So there is no leadership stuff. Right yeah. But yeah, this is a, this is an answer. So they want to be first. This is a, again a misselling and misunderstanding mm -hmm. on what tokenization is from the real estate developer point of view. Company might get you right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what. It, yeah, that's it. So uh, I want to add a little bit. So about all of this platform, a white label platform, and again, what I what I uh, it wasn't in my intro. Uh, the first problem that we have right now is a secondary market and the lack of liquidity, a secondary market liquidity, because right now uh, we can sell the parts of the property. In, to be honest, for me, it's not so easy to sell for everybody. So it's not something that we can, you know, sell like a like a cakes. I don't know how to say it in English. <laughs> like something that's easy to sell, but it's even harder to sell it in the secondary market because you know there is a let's say let's let's be true that the real estate it's not so liquid as a let's say securities on different assets that you can buy an open market, even with an open rates. If we're comparing a real estate ownership with an open rate, something that you can buy on a, on a market, uh, it's hard to, hard, hard to sell a real estate object even if, if it's not fractionalized. If it's fractionalized, it's even harder to sell. If it's tokenized and fractionalized, I don't know. To be honest, we're saying to customer that we have a secondary market, but right now, our main focus is how to find this secondary market or even how to find the liquidity. That's what I like saying, if I got you correctly, about the liquidity pool. So Absolutely. this is the secondary market when guys can borrow the asset they can borrow from you, so the fractionalized asset, and borrow money for this asset using this as a collateral. Have I got you correctly? So they can borrow 
an asset as a collateral. They can borrow stable coins, let's say, and using the tokenized assets as a collateral. Yeah, so this, this is, is I absolutely agree with you. And I think this is just about approach to the secondary market realization mm-hmm. in the uh, in the real estate niche. Because currently, if we will see the other players who has more uh, more like TVL, uh, tokenized volume uh, on their platforms, such as Lofty. And this is a great platform, but they... Uh, and they release the secondary market, but there is no demand on the secondary market. And probably there's a question what is still open, and I absolutely agree with you. So there's the uh, probably question about who will create first the uh, mechanism that will allow to people make the real estate more liquid. And... This is one question, the question number one. And the question number two, and the, we right now trying to solve that question. And the, in my opinion, there is hard to find an answer. So the question is how to uh, conduct the uh, like right price of the property in, uh, in each period of time. So if we will see the Bitcoin, we can... Uh, see the price of the bitcoin in any in any day in any time and we will see what is it but what is the actual property price it should be like market price it should be like secondary market price but then we will see that properties so will go down but their actual price is uh, uh, higher than uh, on the secondary market and that's the way when we're like we can we we cannot uh, see any answer. So this is one of the most important things that we need to solve also because uh, I hope I hope you understand me correctly. But yeah, this is we, a, this we, is a big big, big problem this. on the market. How to understand yeah, the actual property so, price? Yes, but. You know what? We, we thought about this. Uh, we have a couple of conversations with financial experts from the different areas, Fed5 and DeFi, both of the areas. And one of the examples was an you know oracle that can broadcast an index for the specific area of the real estate property in a specific region. Uh, that's a, that's a, maybe it's not an exact price, but you know this is a bottom line that we can use to pre-measure the price for the secondary market. So this is one of the ideas. Just the conversations like now, but we also thinking about this about this instrument. One of the ideas is just an index, but it's really hard to understand every property. Yeah, everything, every exact. Exact property, exact exact property price. Yeah, and that'll depend on the the for real estate. That'll depend on the maturity of the industry, right? So in emerging markets, you don't have that transparent data as much anymore. But in more sophisticated markets, like maybe the U.S. or Europe, you would have that level of transparency. So it'd be much more easy to streamline. Yes, there is a project like this. I can't I can't recall the name of the project, but they sell in a. Future tokens for the indexes of the real estate in New York and Florida, I think. But it's a major market with with a lot of data, so it's easy to calculate an index. 
Yeah, but there is a derivative product. That's what we see right now. And it's also an RWE, actually. Yeah, of course. I, I think the area is, you know, fastly innovating. There's multiple different approaches that projects can take respective to their own market. Um, um, I mean, it's exciting to be in a space that's innovating. Absolutely. Uh, I completely agree with you, Kevin. And I'm really enjoying listening to you guys uh, talk about some of the hurdles that we have, because, you know, the same way we were having this conversation last year and, you know, we were discussing certain hurdles uh, that eventually I think we, we were able to overcome. I think the same thing will happen here. You know, we'll come back to this conversation uh, you know, a year from now and uh, it'll look a lot different than, than, than where we are right now. Um, with that in mind, uh, I would love to kind of uh, get some, some parting thoughts um, and uh, let us know what you're working on right now. Any specific milestones that you would like to announce to, uh, to the listeners? Kevin, if you want to go ahead and kick us off. Oh, great. Yeah. So um, I guess, um, you know, for, from our perspective, we, we launched a standalone product um, related specifically to our native utility token. Um, this is called Prop-Based Yield. Uh, we, we, you know, go on, try it out. It's on our website. Um, it's quite exciting. Um, and in terms of, you know, we've, we've got a lot of excitement over the next few months, just in terms of um, uh, product launches, um, asset tokenization partnerships. We've already announced a few additional ones. Um, our first asset tokenization partner is, is Wyndham Garden, um, located here in, in, in Bangkok under CME's asset, which is a publicly traded company. So, yeah, I think that the, uh, um, for us, you know, our, our focus remains uh, uh, very crystallized. Our business model is very crystallized, um, fairly straightforward, um, and, and we're, we're quite excited. So we're, we're coming on quite fast. I mean, uh, Mikhail, from where you saw us, you know, six months ago to where we are now, we've, we've came a long way. And I think also Oleg is kind of in that same path. Yeah, I, well, we've known each other for probably more than six months now, but yeah, it's, it's been a, it's been quite the journey and really enjoyed following along. Uh, Oleg, how, how about yourself? Uh, any, uh, parting thoughts or like some of the things that you're working on at Binary X right now. Any milestones you would like to announce to the uh, to the listeners? Oleg, not sure if you can hear me. We'll we'll come back to you, uh, Anton. How about yourself? Uh, I don't know how to come back. <laughs> okay, uh, there is nothing special that we're planning to release. We just continue to develop the market. We just continue to explore the market and find some niche when we can. You know work with an RWA closer than we do it right now. So just <laughs> just doing the market. That's perfect. Well nothing well <laughs> it's it's special enough. You know, you, you definitely gave us a, a new perspective and you've uh, provided some some questions for some of the other panelists to, to really ponder on and think about. So appreciate your Thank your you. contribution. Uh, uh, Oleg, are you can you hear me now? Oh, it looks like he's uh, he's a listener. He may be having some technical issues. Uh, Ikaro, how about yourself? Any uh, parting parting thoughts? Well, uh, I think that we had a good conversation here. We, I, I could see that uh, from the developer point of view, 
we are all aware that the user experience is a must. We have good platforms trying to provide the solution. And together with the regulatory, as uh, we spoke earlier, each country has its jurisdiction has its own regulatory problems to be fixed. If we go first to the easiest one to show the world how the business works to attract uh, interest from people, I think it's a good strategy. It will be uh, good for everyone in the market. Perfect. Great. Well, again, it was a real pleasure having this conversation with you all. Thank you to all the listeners that tuned in. Please be sure to give everyone here a follow. They are working tirelessly to to innovate and uh, provide us some clarity from a regulatory perspective. And we certainly appreciate all of the work that they do. Uh, we'll have this conversation again soon. Uh, thanks, Kevin, for for, uh, you know, uh, spearheading this and, and, you know, helping me to, uh, motivating me to, to coordinate this. It was all, it was a pleasure as always to, uh, oh, to have this. I love it and love talking with you guys. And, um, yeah, happy to be here. Happy to talk with everyone and looking forward to maybe another one in, you know, three to six months. Perfect. Looking forward to it. Take care, everyone. Picking pockets, osmosis, downloading prognosis. Motherfuckers like to keep their bags locked, they bag holding. We just rock at the omen, talk with like these implosions. Your net with at the bottom by the ocean gate. Salty ass people, they rusty, and that shit's corrosive. Meanwhile, we just trying to venture in the moment, laughing at these over emotional cats and ocean. Oh, and gaddy's on the raggies, turning cosmos into Kosovo. Diamond hands run around like chickens with their heads cut off. Turkey gal showing them right where they supposed to go. The dopes makes the poison. Watch these plebs. Overdose, corn holios, wash trading portfolios Watching all these clown ass peeps, they do it clown ass shit Inside this clown ass ego, making clown ass bits Knob it down since day one in survival mode So come fuck around and get your clown ass kicked We ain't got no fucking idea, do we? Mimicking someone else's ideas till we Make it to the big top, then the market pops Even if we wanted to, yo, this shit ain't never gonna stop We ain't got no fucking idea, do we? Mimicking someone else's ideas till we Make it to the big top, then the market pops Even if we wanted to, yo, this shit ain't never gonna stop I'm, I'm sorry, I'm sorry to stop this conversation But as you know, I'm very respectful the validator on the, on the Cosmos chain And I have 1.4 Atom from my daily reward It's 50% of my validator And you know, I usually don't like to dump on the community And there might be the bad I think I've been around long enough to know the difference between who's influencing and who's getting grifted. Getting to the point, everyone is looking desperate, forgetting what it felt like to be well rested. And I don't stress this terror for no domestic. After living through the terror collapse, we battle tested. Most of us wreck with nothing left to invest with. So we build the attention economy as a last-ditch effort to take back the scepter. But the king ain't going out without a fight or a final lecture. So the mission is confidential, no witnesses. That's the Main reason the shit is hit or miss. Everybody came here to get rich quick. Then the well dried up, now they thirsty as shit. It should come as no surprise in the silly biz. Me casa su casa, but that ain't how it really is. We ain't got no fucking idea, do we? Mimicking someone else's ideas till we make it to the big top. Then the market pops, even if we wanted to. Yo, this shit ain't never gonna stop. We ain't got no fucking idea, do we? Mimicking someone else's ideas till we make it to the big top. Then the market pops, even if we wanted to Yo, this shit ain't never gonna stop The reason why you're an NFT is it's pretty clear I think everyone in the audience would uh, would agree with me 
um, and soon people just DM me this, is because liquidity. You think you can make more money from NFT, uh, basically speculators, running up the price, and essentially the core team can mint NFTs out of nowhere and dump them. I mean, that's the I'm, truth. I'm sorry, I'm sorry to stop this conversation, but as you know, I'm very respect the validator on the, on the Cosmos chain, and I have 1.4 Atom from my daily reward. It's 50% of my validator. And you know, I usually don't like to dump on the community. Oh, and I see we have our friend from TerraSpace, Spin, who's going to be recording this space. Uh, it will live on for the rest of your lifetimes. So if you say anything compromising, the SEC might come after you and use this space as proof. We've seen it happen before. It's not a joke. It's a little bit of a joke that the SEC listens to these spaces. And there might be the fad. <laughs> hey kids! It's... Your buddy! It's a Joshi Nakabozo! <laughs> oh boy, I got a coin for you to invest in! That's right, it's called Put My P*** In You! Let's go!